G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's take a few minutes to get some more of a focus on the persecuted church around the world because as we see rising persecution in nations, we realize that this is not necessarily something new. Down through the history of the church, there's been persecution that's arisen for all sorts of reasons. One of those reasons that persecution begins to rise is because people who don't have an idea and reflection on the authority of a transcendent God may well look to their own abilities and own strengths and own materialistic ways to be able to make their way. And so the idea of materialism causes us some concern when it comes to the eventual possibility of Christian persecution. Eddie and McClintock is back in the studio with us today. He's Relationships Manager at Voice of the Martyrs, an organisation that does wonderful work with the persecuted church around the world. Eddie, and welcome along to 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. So good to be with you. And thank you, dear listener, for uh, tuning in. Eddie, let's talk about this idea of materialism, because sometimes we don't connect what people feel and understand about their own way of seeing the world, a materialistic way of seeing the world, and eventual persecution. But there's a link here. Absolutely. Look, there's five ways to consider what happens in regards to suffering and persecution. Materialism is one of the first ones. And that's, of course, where you get your atheism That's also where you get people who believe in evolution. But that's also where you get Marxism and cultural Marxism in particular. And, of course, cultural Marxism is on the ascendancy. It's been taught at schools. It's been taught at universities. And slowly but surely, they are making significant inroads where, for those who do not see them, they actually moved stealthily for many years, um, find it hard to actually respond to their way and the way they see the worldview because it's not about dialogue. It's not about reason. It's not about intellect. It's not about the truth. It's actually about a subjective truth and a lived experience which becomes their truth now. And, of course, we know that communism itself has failed. Uh, In the 70s, that became very evident. So what Marx suggested in regards to um, politics and what he suggested in regards to economy, though that that was demonstrated quite clearly that, that that doesn't work. But what it did in the 70s, it actually morphed. There was a book called The Gulag Archipelago that was written, and subsequent to that, they started morphing, and it became actually a class struggle now, a societal struggle, not so much about the, the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. It was actually more about a victim and a victimizer, and women's liberation moved out of this. Then also the class struggle. You got uh, also in the, the, the 60s there and the 50s, 60s. So you had the colonializers and those who were colonialized. So the, yeah, and that obviously was oppression, so they had to throw that off, and a lot of countries, of course, got their independence from there. But from there, you move through to a victim, victimizer, and then you've got the oppressed and the oppressor. Now, what that simply means for a, someone that's trained in cultural Marxism is that any authority position, any power position, is actually someone that's an oppressor. And then they get into the gender identity. You get into identity politics, for example. If you are a white male, you are the reason and the cause for everything bad that's happened in the world, basically. And especially if you're a cisgender male, which means you identify with your biological uh, sexual identity, 
you're at the top of the totem pole in regards to oppression. Then, of course, below you, you've got a female who's cisgender as well. And then, of course, you go to black lives, uh, male and female. Then you go into the LGBT community. Then you go into transsexuals. And, of course, below that, they actually say you've got Islam, Muslims. But persecution can never flow up. Like gravity with water always flowing down like on a waterfall, uh, they can actually be uh, disrespectful to you because of your uh, identity, your, your, because you've got a white skin, for example. But it, it can only flow down. It can never flow up. And one of the reasons why they're trying to get rid of uh, the police and defunding the police is simply because that is a authority position, which then, of course, causes oppression. And under cultural Marxism, defund the police, get rid of that, and then we live in this utopia where everybody's free. It does help us, doesn't it, to be able to get some context when we understand what you're saying and you're talking about very popular terminology right now and when you talk about Black Lives Matter and defunding police, uh, cultural Marxism, that these things have their foundation in what you're aligning there and in the same breath saying uh, the idea of atheism and evolutionary thinking. That's These right. are all hand-in-hand hand with Marxism, mm. and this cultural Marxism that we talk about today is really just a godless way of thinking about how you manage the world. And exactly. that poses threats to people who are Christians because that puts us into a place of being uh, a, a, an adversary of that type of Marxism. Well, as Christians, we believe in appropriate authority, not the misuse of power and authority, but there's God-given authority. Like governments, for example, have been established by God to uh, help us relate to one another in a safe environment where they protect our freedoms and they protect our rights. And uh, basically, if you look at the Ten Commandments, the second table of stone is our relationship to one another, the last six of the commandments. God has given that authority to governments to protect us, to give us the ability to actually live a life of freedom and happiness and pursue our dreams. Um, they, however, do not even like that authority. Now, what we believe in separation of church and state is that God has not given the authority for government to actually deal with the first four, which is our relationship, personal relationship to God. Just as we all have to give an account to God individually, God keeps that relationship between us and him as a personal thing for us. But they will interfere in that. They will start stepping into that area, prohibiting certain religious practices and so forth especially for those people who actually want to share their faith and want to be a witness for Christ. And this is where the challenge comes in. Uh, Cultural Marxism wants to silence you. Now, we've heard of uh, cancel culture. That's becoming more and more prominent. If you say something they don't agree with, they will deplatform you. That's another cultural state Marxist uh, statement that's being used a lot, or no platforming. So your, your voice and your right to speak is taken away from you. And also your ability to do them witness and live out the gospel commission is taken away from you through cultural Marxism. And so if we're looking at a example of that, uh, China is well ahead of the curve and they've got a communism that works in China based on this whole materialism and this communistic dream of a utopian society. Uh, This is what we can see. And uh, when you talk about this sort of thing, uh, is China the only example you give, or are there others that you think of? There are many. Uh, Any country that's uh, got communism as their ideology or their political uh, dogma, you'd find a challenge with, whether it be Vietnam, whether it be North Korea. We're having massive challenges at the moment in North Korea with Voice of the Martyrs Korea. We send Bibles across. There's a variety of ways we do it. We smuggle it. We use hot uh, weather balloons to send it across. 
but now as they're trying to establish a, um, a relationship between them where there's uh, discussions of peace, we actually find that they're, um, they're trying to shut down our work in South Korea. Quite simply, this is now the South Korean government, which is a secular government, uh, trying to appease the North Koreans. So uh, we've got our director there, for example, in North Korea, who's an American, but he's married a local lady, uh, Eric and Hansuk Foley. They've been investigated at the moment for the work that they've been doing there, and he may even be deported because he's an American. So we've been praying quite a lot for them, but that's just an example where you think, okay, Marxism is just isolated to a particular country. Well, it's now influencing even the countries which we would call the West, like South Korea, which is like a very affluent uh, Western-style country, a Western-style democracy. So Christians then become subversive when you've got this established materialism that grows into an authoritarian regime, uh, eventually a dictatorship, and uh, we've got the full-blown communist nation. Mm. So then anyone who comes with a Christian idea, which is full of freedom, it's full of God, and it's full of miracles, and it's full of all of the things that materialism doesn't want. Mm. So then we become a subversive people. So we're talking about here how how persecution begins to take a hold in, an org- in, a, in a nation. Absolutely. Look, if you look at the communist ideal and what Marxism promises, unfortunately it doesn't deliver because everybody's supposed to be equal, everybody's supposed to be a comrade, but you know um, some people are more equal than others. And unfortunately what happens is while they're trying to shun what they call a, a oppressive regime, a dictatorship of some sort, it's always replaced by another one, even to the point where some of these people are worshipped. Now, if you look at North Korea, the, the Kim family are actually worshipped. There's 40,000 statues of King Il-sung, and he's also worshipped. They even sing the song, How Great Thou Art, to him. But when you talk to North Koreans, they've been so brainwashed, they, when you ask them the question, is there any religion in North Korea, they'll say no. I say, but isn't the supreme leader worshipped? They'll say, yes. I say, but isn't that worship? Isn't that religion? And they say, no. So um, what you're doing is you're replacing something that's good with something that promised something better, but the outcome of it is far worse. And whenever atheism has stepped in, whether it be you know, during the, uh, the French Revolution, when they had the reign of terror, or whether it be Stalin in the 1930s, they called Stalin the reign of terror as well there. They believe there was around 20 million people that died under Stalin. He promised this beautiful utopia. Well, no one ever has lived up to, lived up to it, quite simply because I, I believe they misunderstand our fallen humanity and the corruption that's in each of our hearts. Well, isn't it great getting these sorts of insights? And especially when you start to describe it like that too, because you've got the pathway to a socialist communist regime and then bringing into their North Korea which is the worst persecutor of Christians in the world it's like this materialism come socialism come communism come worship the leader on steroids absolutely and so you've got a way that you can link where your thinking is today if you are materialist minded Mm. uh, you're on a trajectory towards the worst possible outcomes. And uh, I guess that's something for a nation like Australia. We're not seeing that so apparent right now, but we do need to be vigilant and on guard because these issues like like cultural Marxism are very, very significant for us right now. Hey, there's some things coming up I just want to ask you about, Etienne. Uh, the 
1st of November, the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. I think that's a market in your diary to be a part of that because a lot of people depending on the prayers of people in Australia. But there's another thing coming up called the Bound With Them online conference. That's happening on the 24th of October. Uh, Australians are invited to be a part of that. Absolutely. They can go onto our website and just click on vom.com.au and under events, They'll see there the Abound with them on the 24th of October. It's an event that starts at 7.30 on Saturday evening, the 24th. The program will run for about an hour 20. They can register there. There is a fee just to, to register. It's $20, but you'll get receive a gift, so you'll get more than your money back. We'll give them a beautiful gift, a book of some sort or some other uh, sort of resource. And uh, they will get a link then, a link that's uh, specifically relevant for them, and they were able to go on from 7.30 that evening and watch this program. We've been blessed by having Keith and Kristen Getty to come and share. They're going to open up our conference with a couple of songs with praise and worship, and then we'll get into the program proper. But the whole program will probably be around the hour 20 mark. So it's not going to be uh, too long, but it'll be a real blessing for people. They'll get some insights. And this is a week before the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted. So they'll be able to be informed. And you know, the Apostle Paul there in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 talks about the fact that we are to pray with the Spirit and the understanding. To get an understanding the week before a persecution and leading up to that event would be a wonderful blessing for them. And then they can pray uh, specifically for the needs of the persecuted church around the world. And that's not far off. Uh, So mark that in your diary. Bound with them, the online conference, 24th of October. And that's a week before the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church coming up on the 1st of November. Eddie and McClintock is Relationship Manager at the Voice of the Martyrs. The website to go to to register there and to find some great resources when it comes to understanding the persecuted church, vom.com.au. VOM stands for Voice of the Martyrs, vom.com.au. Eddie, thanks for the update today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.